0: I want to talk to us this morning a little bit about impartation, impartation. We've been in a series this month um, about vision, and you see the banners that are around uh, that Nick created, and aren't, aren't, aren't you glad we have Nick in, in the house? <laughs> Amen. And so these are our four purpose statements, and they are on these banners, and I didn't have time to get them hung this week, but I I wanted them out on the altar, because we're going to keep this vision before the people, amen? Our passion is His presence. Our priority is His people. Our purpose is in serving. Wasn't that a powerful message, my wife? preached last week our priority our pursuit is his kingdom on earth and so we we are keeping these four things before us because this is what we're all about this is what we're all about and and so i'm just asking the lord uh, how should i how should i follow up with this and and i believe that god wants to impart some things to us. And so I I'm get, just going to share from my heart this morning. I don't know how preachy I'll get. You'll probably enjoy that better. Um, but, <laughs> but impartation is when one vessel takes of the substance that it has and pours it into another vessel. And that's called impartation. There are times, just in my own prayer time, when I feel like God just just imparts directly from His Spirit into my life. Impartation. Um, It's a very uh, intimate thing when one vessel is imparting into another, it requires a surrendering on the part of the one that is receiving. It requires a yielding. It requires humility. It requires somebody to say, you have something that God has for me, and I am positioning myself to receive it from you. It's a real bond of love between people. Impartation. And some of our discipleship comes through the things that we do. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God. And so if you never crack this book open... If you never crack this book open, you're missing a lot of discipleship. Okay, so studying is one thing. Uh, Attending church is something. These are things that we do. They're incredibly important. Hebrews says, uh, as, as long as you see the day approaching, don't give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of giving up meeting together. But you, as you see the day approaching, which, friends, can I just tell you, the day is approaching are you are you following news right now? The day of Christ's return is approaching. It's nearer now than ever before. And so Paul and so Paul told them and they were they were in the midst of persecution in the church. There was a lot more coming against that church than this American church. I'll tell you that. And Paul, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of their struggle and and, and, and all of those things, he said, do not give up meeting together, and as you see the day approaching, do it even more. Do it even more. The trend right now in America is to meet less. In fact, they're teaching us now that uh, that normal attendance to church is every three to four weeks. That's normal attendance for people, and the thing is, you can you can stay somewhat connected and say that's that's my home church, but you you forfeit a, a, an amazing amount of discipleship and personal growth, let alone God using you. Well, that's not what I'm preaching about this morning. These are things that we do. It's important that we fellowship. Um, Pastor TJ asked me after the meeting Friday, it was an awesome meeting and everybody was tired. And he said, do you want to go to, um, they have a restaurant up there called Chicago beef that's open till 3am. Everything up there closes at nine, except for Chicago beef. It stays open till 3am. And all the people, honestly, all the people that that are on drugs or whatever, and all of a sudden they get hungry at one in the morning and they need a place to go. And that's their main clientele. And he said, do you want to go or are you tired? And I I said, brother, we need to fellowship. And so we went to Chicago Beef and we sat down and we had a meal with five or six other people. And... It was an awesome time. These are things that we can do. And so then there are things that propel you in God that you cannot do. It's not about, well, if you study or if you go to church or if you do this, if you just do all of these things, you'll get where you need to go. There are some things that are not uh, obtained through our action but they are obtained simply through impartation, through impartation. Um, here's, uh, th- throughout the scriptures, we see impartation for various things. Impartation for healing. Um, And so Mark 8, 23 says, And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he said, Do you see anything? I see people, but they look like trees. And he laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored. This is the impartation of healing. Healing. Mark sixteen seventeen says, and these signs will accompany those that believe. In my name, uh, they will cast out demons, speak in new tongues, pick up serpents with their hands, drink deadly poison. It, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay, so this is the act of impartation. Everybody hold your hands up right now. So your hands that you're holding up right now, God uses to impart healing to people around you. Now, so what's happening? You are giving of your substance what you have to another person. You've been healed You've got God in you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And so you give that to somebody else. And so Peter and John walked up uh, to the gate beautiful on their way to the prayer meeting, and there was, the, there was the lame man begging for alms, and they said, silver and gold I don't have, uh, but what I have I give to you. What was happening? An impartation. It was an impartation of healing. And Acts twenty-eight, eight, uh, Paul Paul imparted. It happened that that the father of Publius, he was a public servant, lay, lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, Paul healed him. Now we know that Jesus did the healing, but Paul was the vessel. And so the scriptures say Paul healed him. It's not giving glory to Paul, it's just that Paul was a vessel of impartation. And that's what God wants you and wants me to be. There are Old Testament illustrations of impartation. Um, in Second Kings chapter two, Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was the student of Elijah, and when when Elijah was caught up in the whirlwind, the mantle from Elijah came, and and, and the anointing transferred, was imparted from Elijah to Elisha. The impartation of anointing. Here's one uh, perhaps you have heard of King David. And so in First Samuel chapter 16, the Bible says in verse 11, And Samuel said to Jesse, are, the, are, these, are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. We will not sit down till he comes. So he sent and brought David in. He was ruddy with bright eyes, good-looking. And the Lord said to Samuel, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. What was this? This was impartation that was happening from Samuel to David, the anointing of the Lord. Now David had a heart of worship. He was already a worshiper. He had already captured God's heart in the fields. He had a harp and a lyre that he would play when the sheep were pinned down for the night, and he was a worshiper, and he knew his God. And there was a lot of things that had already happened in him, but until the prophet Samuel laid his hands on him, poured the oil on him, that impartation happened David was not empowered by the Spirit like like he was about to know. That impartation was incredibly important. Jesus imparted into the disciples. We all know he taught them. We all know that he modeled to them. But then there were moments... That, that were divine encounters that the disciples had that changed their lives forever. Here's one of them in, in John chapter 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, now this was after the resurrection, the, the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled because they were afraid of the Jews... They thought that they were going to be crucified just like Jesus was, and so they were hiding. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. What was happening? This was a moment of impartation. It was a precursor of, about, of, of, of what was about to happen in Acts chapter 2. But this is a moment of impartation from Jesus To the disciples, he breathed on them. I'll never forget a moment um, as a young worship leader. I was on the platform right right up here behind the keyboard. We had had an amazing service. It was like a six-hour service. And back then, six-hour services happened all the time. Uh, I I would be on my feet from 5 p.m. Sunday night to 1, 2 in the morning sometimes just worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. And an evangelist that was there that night that was greatly used of the Lord, he came and he laid hands on me. And he said this, as he's laying hands on me, he said, he said, God, everything that I have Of the anointing I impart to this young man. And the Holy Spirit came on me like I had never known before. It was a moment of impartation, and it was powerful. Paul told Timothy this in 1st, in fact, it was twice, it was in both books. The first one's in 1st Timothy chapter 4. And he said this, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. And so Timothy, a young man he had grown up in church his his uh, his uh, grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice had trained him up well and and so it was he was the third generation believer. you think that he had a relationship with Jesus he did but there came a moment where the elders gathered around Timothy and prayed over him, and a gift of the Spirit was imparted into Timothy in that moment, and a new new piece of the equipping, a new piece of the equation uh, for how he was going to pastor that church was given to him in that moment. Moment of impartation. Impartation. Is this good this morning? 2 Timothy, so this is the, the, the second letter Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. It talks about the same thing, it, it, and, and Paul says it like this, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Then the, the, the verse that really impacted me as a teenager, it says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. but of power and of love and of a sound mind because Paul did not want Timothy afraid to use his gift. He wanted Timothy to operate in strength and he said, fan it into flame. Don't give in to fear. This is impartation. Impartation. And all through the book of Acts, after that initial infilling, now I don't believe I don't believe that every person that's filled with the Holy Spirit has to be filled by the laying on of hands. That that's that's not true. In Acts chapter two, nobody laid hands on the hundred and twenty that were in the upper room. Uh, they they were just there, and and the and the flame of fire came, and. Uh, Things got crazy. That, that flame separated, and one came to rest on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, nobody laying hands on them at all. In Acts chapter 10, there's a similar experience. Peter didn't lay hands on any of them. He's just preaching at Cornelius' house. And while he's preaching, in the middle of his message, people begin to get they, they begin to get touched by God and filled with his presence, and they begin to speak in tongues without Peter ever even laying hands on them. And so we're not talking about a formula here. Well, if it has to happen this way or that way. And yet, throughout the scriptures, there were multiple times when people were filled with the Holy Spirit at the laying on of hands. And it's powerful. In Acts chapter 8, uh, Philip, the evangelist, had gone to Samaria, and miracles broke out, and many, many people came to Christ. They came to the Lord. And even even healings. Healings were happening under the ministry of Philip. But for some reason, nobody had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. They were not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of of speaking in other tongues. And in Acts chapter 8, in verse 14, it says this, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent For they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so Peter and John laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's pretty powerful. So what is happening here? What is happening is impartation. Peter and John, as the apostles, laid hands on the people of Samaria. They had been saved. They had been baptized in water. Many of them had been healed in their bodies. And now, as Peter and John are laying hands on them, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they begin to pray in tongues, and, and uh, they, they begin to to uh, a new chapter of their lives. We see it also in Acts chapter 19. Paul, in Acts chapter 19, uh, leads a group of Ephesian men to Christ, and then, and then he baptizes them in water. And then while they're still wet, I believe, or maybe they just changed clothes, I don't know, but I I picture them in my mind. They're still wet from that water. Paul lays hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues. And what is that? That's impartation. Impartation. So what am I saying this morning? What I'm saying is this, that there are things that you grow in simply by your own effort and application. But then there are other things that you can't grow into just from your own uh, study and your own work. There are things that God simply wants to give you by impartation. By impartation. There is a side... To people, it's stronger in some than others than others. That do not want people to lay hands on me. They do not want... um, I I can just get that on my own. I can just get that on my own. God calls each one of us to lay down pride and to say god i want all that you have for me even if it comes through another vessel this is this is this is biblical this is a yielding one to another a yielding one to another in that moment thank you god thank you god at my lowest point of sickness 15 years ago. I'm really happy to say that that was 15 years ago because God's, God's added to my life 15 years that I at that point did not think I was going to have. And here I am an assistant pastor credentialed and yet suffering so terribly crippling all kinds of things happening in my body. And um, I went to the doctor. The neurologist said, well, we can tell, Darren, something's wrong with you, but until it gets worse, um, we won't be able to diagnose it or treat it. And I said, doctor, if it gets worse, I'm going to be dead. And I'll I'll share with you the full story if you ever want to hear it. And so what did I do? The very first thing I did when I got home is I called all the elders of the church personally, one by one, and I said, will you come to my house tonight at 6 o'clock? I need you to lay hands on me. And so the whole body of elders gathered in my home, and they laid hands on me. My pastor spoke a prophetic word over me that turned out to be true. It was not the word that I wanted to hear, honestly. I wanted them to lay hands on me, and I wanted the battle to just instantly be over. Anybody ever been there before? You just want the battle to just end right there. My pastor spoke a word over me, and, and uh, I resisted it for a long time. He said, he said Darren, this battle is going to be long, and this battle is going to be hard but you are going to come all the way through. And they laid hands on me. And I had in the Spirit, after they laid hands on me, something of substance to hang on to. And it was six or eight months later, but God brought me all the way through. And I say thank God for that, according to the word of the Lord. God brought me all the way through. See, it doesn't matter who we are. If you're, if you're the pastor or, or you're a deacon or an elder or, or, or a lay person in the church, it does not matter who you are. Coming into that place where you say, God, I need you, and I will receive from you even if it's through somebody else. Some of us look at others and we say, well, that person's not perfect. Well, look across the room. This, this room is filled with imperfect people. How many of you did something imperfect this week? I have to be honest with you. I heard a joke this week that of Christians should not laugh at, and I laughed for three, three or four minutes. It was so funny. I should not have laughed though. And afterwards I felt conviction and I was wrestling with conviction and hilarity all at the same time and it was I was in a quandary. You see pastors are human too, right? And and so we're imperfect and we look around the room and we are imperfect. And so if you write people off because they are imperfect, you may forfeit the gift that God wants to give to you because God wants to give it to you through that imperfect vessel. And so we got to walk in humility and love and an open heart to receive from one another I think the greatest thing that you can do is call your friend or call your pastor or call an elder and say, will you lay hands on me and pray for me? Impartation. Impartation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's happening during worship. We prayed for a few people for impartation. We haven't prayed yet for for, uh, Deidre. We need to pray for Deidre and Cole this morning. It's a word of impartation in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for your presence in this room right now. I thank you for your presence in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, those watching at home, maybe in their living rooms, your presence is there. God, I thank you for the body of Christ. We fit together, we're knit together. And what if David had never been prayed for by Samuel? Or what if Jesus never imparted into the disciples? Or what if Paul had never laid his hands on Timothy? God, we forfeit so much. But God, I I just thank you for moments of impartation in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There are times, God, when moments of impartation were not planned. They just happened. David didn't know what was going to happen. They just happened in that moment. And then there are moments where we need to seek out, James 5 says, call for the elders of the church. And so, God, I, I just pray that you'd help us to be vessels that pour out into one another, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you for the elders that are in this church. I thank you for, I thank you for Brian. I thank you for Dennis and Linda and Gary and Kathy. God, the, the, the ones that you're raising up to be elders in this church, I thank you that they carry anointing. They carry stuff to impart. God, I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that the the power of impartation would just be seen in this body and in this church. One of the tools that the enemy uses to destroy impartation is offense. We get offended. And when you're offended with somebody, you cannot receive from that person. And so God, uh, so the enemy works overtime to get the people offended, and and if they if he can get them offended with the pastor, that's even worse. That, uh, that's even worse, and that's better in the eyes of the enemy, because that shuts off the ability to receive. And so, Lord, I I pray in Jesus' name that offense would not be a part of the equation at Faith Church. In Jesus' name, we cut off offense in the name of the Lord. Yes, there are times where we need to talk things through. But I ask that 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 bitter root of offense would be pulled out in the name of Jesus. Be pulled out in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there are any that are in this church because they were offended with a previous church, I pray that that offense will be healed in Jesus name. I thank you, Father, for healing that offense in the name of the Lord, and pulling that root out in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for opening up hearts again to receive from you. And everybody said, amen, amen. We have, we have a, a lady. I'm going to close with this. We have a, a lady in Petersburg that's been coming for two weeks now. Um, whose father was an Assembly of God pastor and did, uh, did not live the same at home as he did in the church. And because of uh, being offended with her father, she stayed away from church after her death for eight years. Three Sundays ago, she came to church for the first time and God is melting her heart and restoring her and putting her back where she needs to be. And uh, she, her testimony is amazing what God is doing. And that root isn't completely out yet, but it is coming out in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, so we're just excited about what God is doing. And, and so the church there isn't huge, it, but we are seeing amazing fruit come forth. God is doing good things. Amen. So, uh, Lord, I just thank you for this church. I bless this church in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God.